me gustó mucho la actividad. Eh, creo que es una actividad muy, muy noble de amigos, de familia. Y pues tengo fe en que esto va a ser un éxito, por eso andamos a esta actividad. Welcome to Elixir of the Gods, Season 5, now already Chapter 5. Again, we are here with my lovely co-host Kate. Hello, Kate. Hi. And Diego. Hello, Hello. Diego. Hello, everyone. And we are not in the final stages, but we are past halftime of our road trip, I would say. We left at Don Beto. Doña Juan and Don Beto, correct. Exactly. So, where are we going today? So, today we're driving from how far above sea level? Mm, exactly where Beto is. I checked it yesterday and, and uh, El Llano y Pala is 280 meters and El Tuito is 600 meters and Beto is halfway. So, make your math. So, around 400 meters above sea level. Okay. And we're going to go to the first interview in El Mosco. Uh, mm -hmm. a thousand meters very precise from Benito mm -hmm. you will hear Benito later what was it uh, a thousand and seven a thousand and eight. <laughs> Excuse me. Thousand, one thousand and eight. And it was like, one thousand and eight, but not feet, uh, meters, sorry. I confuse because I'm in English, but it's meters above sea level. Mm -hmm. To mascota that I, 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 I think goes up to, it doesn't go so high as 2,000, but like 1,200, something yeah. like that. So significantly no. higher. Yeah. But in between, we drove down through Puerto Vallarta. Where I was born. That's right. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where I had one stage of my honeymoon. <laughs> so I also have memories there. Exactly. Great city. Yes, yes. Yeah, another long day on the road. So it was interesting to see, for me, to get back within like the larger context of what Jalisco is all mm. about. Um, because we had been sort of in the sticks for a few days. And it was like, all oh, right, yes, there's a big diversity of... Culture, yes, but then also just like geography and socioeconomic conditions, etc. So, so yeah, so we drove through Vallarta and then started back up and then stopped by one taberna on the way. Donguelo. Thank you. Yeah. Which we'll talk about in the summary. We didn't uh, stop to interview anyone there, but we did make a pit stop on the way, which is where I saw my first Maximilianas, which is the Queen Agave of the region and then we went up to see uh benito and how beautiful is maximiliana i mean yeah really it, it i mean all agaves are beautiful but maximiliana <laughs> particularly is a plant the width of the leaf mm -hmm. uh and and the way that the the spines are pointing and it's, it's really a beautiful plant it's really a beautiful plant yeah. sorry oh it's right <laughs> it's very poetic so don benito so how's the landscape there Can, wait so i have a question okay Because we didn't really talk, we didn't call him Don Benito. Who no, gets to Benito. be a Don? Mm, maybe Don, you can be a Don at, a, a, at any age, but normally it's when he's much older than you. Mm. It's like Hea here. Okay. Like you call somebody, here they use the 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 third person, uh, like mm -hmm. the C or mm -hmm. the... The formal. The formal one, exactly. For an older person, for for here they use it for everything, you know, but... If you're going to call some, somebody Hea Menaja, he must be much older than you. You know, it, it, it wouldn't make any sense. Thank you, you know? very much. Yes, <laughs> the look on Albert's face was very uncomfortable. You're older, right man. It's like, 
Yeah, and we're not going to call you Hamena. Yeah? It's going to be like Alder. So, okay. So yes. they, they need to be older. That's It's okay. a sign of respect for older people, you know, Don. Okay. All right. So, so Benito is Don Benito? Or is it Benito? No, it's Benito. And, and so. He's our age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Younger than me, for our sure. Age. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, younger than me too, I guess. Yeah, our age. Like, me and we were men, yeah, we were young, you know? No, <laughs> no Benito is younger than us. Benito, Benito, I guess he's in, in his mid 30s. Okay. Max. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're really um, a big difference to the maestros you met. Yes. Uh, before. Not Arturo, but yes, Don Luis and uh, Beto and Chalio. No, he's mm. much younger. He's he's a, he's a like we say it during the chapter. He's in in the resume. He's an up and comer, and a technified one. So what? Yeah, just to walk people through um, the landscape, uh, uh, just like absolutely spectacular the the cover photo for um the episodes right now was taken in the valley where benito is growing all of his plants and just like we had a i mean we say it again and again we had a great lunch and then <laughs> it's like the theme uh and then it was nearing i mean it was late in the afternoon so the light was really golden and amazing a- yeah. amazing anyway and then you crest over these hills and then just this valley opens up in front of you and it's big enough that I don't know how many dozens of types of fields were in it, but it was obvious that there were many, many different kinds of plants, not just agave plants, but also corn and I think cane and Chile Chile hmm. growing and just another very, very fertile um happy landscape with like little white churches dotted on it. And then we made our way down through the village. We saw Esteban's favorite agave in the country of Mexico. <laughs> he has one favorite plant. <laughs> yeah. The one agave. So the, yes. So not not the type, but no, the, no, no, no. the plant, the actual no, plant. One a, plant. Yes. Yes. You can <laughs> like hear his, about like that. Like his, his, his chapel, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he made sure to go introduce us yeah. to There's her. There's a picture. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll post some pictures. And yeah, yeah he we talk about it in the, in the um, epilogue to the show when we're in the car. So all of that is to say, so we drove, Benito drove us uh, to where his taberna is. And so, Diego, Benito is the producer of... Tabernas. Yes. Both eh, Reposado yeah. and Blanco. Okay. Uh, tabernas 3rd so, edition. Very yeah. very well pointed, Albert. So, Tabernas 3rd edition. And he works with many plants, but most... So, Tabernas is done with uh, Chico Aguiar, a type of Angustifolia, and uh, Maximiliana. It's a mix. It's a blend. Okay? Mm. And... Now, Kate, walk us through his fields of agave because that's really the order and everything. Benito is really not only technified in, in, in the knowledge, but technified in the way he does. He mm. executes his, mm-hmm. his work. Just to yeah, build you up to what uh, we talk about in the interview, when you get to the taberna itself, it is pretty much in the middle of this valley. And when you turn your head side to side, you're just in the middle, unlike places where we visited previously, you're in the middle of these cultivated fields. And and I had several conversations this week about, you know, people asking me like, oh, is this agave spirit from cultivated agave? And this is the thing we have to talk about because like when people say cultivated agave, they're thinking about as beautiful as it is, these like miles and miles, kilometers and kilometers of blue agave that you see in and around the town of Tequila 
which are in straight, straight rows and, you know, look very much like any kind of mass industry cultivated product like corn or wheat or whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. Yes, these are cultivated, but the scale at which Benito is operating is still very small compared to many, enormous compared to Don Luis. Absolutely. No, but you un I understand your point. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. So when we say that this is still very much a hands-on Mm -hmm. operation absolutely and from what Albert just a question so when when you imagine the fields there is does he have one type you said he has chilies he has other uh, other crops as well but is is this kind of mixed or, or is there one area with one type of agave or is it okay here's the agave area and uh, there are several types that are growing and different ages or and uh, here's the chili area and uh, how does it look like how how would you describe it the, the valley doesn't belong to Benito so the mm. chilies don't belong to Benito so we said in the valley you can see mm. cane and you can see chiles and you can see other crops mm -hmm. but Benito's area has agaves so yes the chilies are separated and the agaves to uh, elaborate the whole question the agaves he has separate the maximilianas from the the angustifolias the chicoaguiares and they are separated also by age but then again we have said it several times in this show chronological time in agave is very uh non-linear exactly non-linear exactly it's not that it doesn't matter mm. but it is that each Agave is an individual, so maybe one Maximiliana will take seven and another one will take 12. And one Angustifolia will take six and the other one can take 13, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it depends. But yeah, they're, they're planted in a certain order. Yeah. Mm. And so for me, one of the most stunning parts about being in this place was the scale of Benito's operation because he, he has his own nursery, And so you'll see the listeners you're going to see on the photographs, there are 100,000 yuelos within the space of, I don't know, so you could like easily kick like a soccer ball, you know, it's just like they're so tiny and they're so packed, but they do, they raise them from seed right there and then right next to the taberna. And then they have their method by which they move them, they grow them a little bit, and then eventually they make their way into the fields where they grow up. That's very important to point out. Uh, Maximiliana doesn't uh, throw out... Clones. Doesn't clone. Doesn't clone. So you need, you need to grow like this, Maximiliana. Mm. So you need to have this little you seedlings. Need to, you need to, you need yeah. to, you need to. So that's important and very important that you point it, Kate. And Benito has a very beautiful nursery mm. <laughs> right next to the taberna. So while you're hearing the liquid, the juice, the, 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 the already ready juice, you're also watching the new plants like in front of you and in, in, in a, it's very nice Circle it's very nice yeah exactly yeah, this is <laughs> how you're gonna end up if, if, you, if you're a good plant you're gonna you're gonna be <laughs> exactly. cold here <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so so yeah I mean when we talk about Benito we talk about the plants mostly because his background is in agronomy so he's an engineer right so Correct. this is what he went to school for so I mean a word about the taberna, it was the first close-up glimpse that I had gotten of the traditional kind of oven in this area, which is a big adobe oven that, rather than being lit from below or anything being buried underground, it's above ground and they fill it full. I mean, these are big. How tall are they in meters? Maybe three. Yeah. 
yeah, so ceiling height. Um, yeah, ceiling height, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they fill it up with wood and then they fire it until the wood is completely ash. And then, and so it heats the walls until they're like white, red, white hot. And that's when they fill them with the agave to cook them. That's why you have less of a smoky note in this area. I'm not, and, and I wish we had talked about, there's so many things I wish we had talked about with the producers, but the... One of the other things I would have wondered is, do they have concerns about, you know, charring on the outside of the agaves, the ones that are closer to the wall? Or like, does that even matter? I don't know. Anyway, side note. So the oven is, everything is right there. It's very tight. So the oven is right there. And then the stills are stainless steel, but with a copper coil. There was a guy there on horseback selling what looked like lottery tickets. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was just wide open. You know, mm-hmm. there was a dirt road next to it, and people were stopping by and saying, "Hey." But but the taberna was it? Was it? You said it was in the middle of the field. So were there any other houses uh, around? Is there a village close? Is yeah, there, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. Like, I mean, we could have walked to the village. Like three hundred, four hundred meters. Yeah. Okay. walking. Yeah, yeah. How big is the village there? How? Small. I mean, I would say thirty houses. Okay. In a yeah. Church. Okay. Maybe a modelorama, which is like mm-hmm. a spetti or like a Seven Eleven for. The different listeners. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Good point of reference, yeah. yes. So then, so that's, I mean, what the taberna is like. And then, but yeah, with Benito reflecting on it, I mean, he was such, we already talked about it, he was f- such a different character than the people we had talked to already. I mean, clearly he had gone through university. He had had a career before this and then his dad had been in this, then stepped away and then came back Benito has taken over, but it's not like there are generations and generations mm-hmm. of producers like our previous conversations had been. And his life experience definitely informs the way he's building his business, and he is building a business. Like he talks about it very openly and in a systemic way that, like, we hadn't spoken to producers before so it seems very like 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 an engineering approach so like very structural thinking very very planned uh whereas you know like when we talked about don beto he was like okay yeah when when i want to be in my my hammock I'm, i'm being in my hammock and uh benito seems to be a bit more like driven or or also driven by business correct uh, yeah correct yeah. he's and 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 he's also Being creative, <clears throat> giving it a, a creative approach. For example, Benito has a reposado. Right now, we're having a reposado from Benito. That's what I just wanted to get into. Exactly. <laughs> so, so Benito is thinking outside the box for a Raizilla producer. You know, he's mm. he's making reposado. We cannot talk about the other plans, but he spoke to us about some uh, other plans he has to to have another another style of uh, Raizilla. You know, but he has plans. He has ideas, new ideas that even if they are done in the tequila industry or the mezcal industry, they repos- they have reposados yeah, yeah yeah but in the rice industry some do but this guy is already thinking yeah, how many reposados are then in like in very human absolutely yeah. Yeah, so that's the point so benito is thinking and and, and innovating uh with different things that uh, mm. you will see in the future that that come from from his taberna yeah and also i when we were there as a person he has a very kind of quiet but intense energy to him And that also makes an impression. Like you'll hear in the tone of the interview, it's there wasn't like a ton of like laughter 
like there had no. been in previous ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I know that he is, we were with his friends too, so I know that I've seen him laugh, right? But like, he just had a very introspective he, vibe about him. Does he have some German ancestors or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But the cultural stereotypes are what they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> Mexicans can be introverts too. I don't know. But, yeah, um, no, Benito, <laughs> Benito is a shyer. He's also younger, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but he's shyer, but very, very focused. Yes. So he's he, yeah. he he can the way he looks and everything you can you can tell he's paying attention. Hmm. Even kind of intimidating, even though he's shy, he can be even a bit intimidating so because how, of the way how, he, So how did you feel then during the interview? Was it comfortable or Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, just intense like like Kate said. Mm -hmm. He has an imposing personality. Though shy. So imagine this controversy, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's confident. Like don't Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, like, absolutely, that, absolutely. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He knows he knows what he's doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Something that struck me upon listening to the material again was that he was talking about values. Even before we asked questions about like what you're proud of or what your favorite parts are, like he mentioned right off the bat that he felt like this work is noble work. Correct. And so when, when he said that, I was like, oh, there's a higher purpose in here for him. And then he did go on to talk about the fact that, like, he thinks about things f about he didn't I don't think he used the word sustainable, but like, that's my word for it, like how to make a sustainable living for his employees. Correct. You know, n the, his relationship with the land is very, very forward thinking. And again, like to use the S word sustainable yeah. with a small s. And And also the fact that he didn't call himself a leader, but like, clearly he is a leader, like he gave acknowledgement to his team unprompted and he right? used the word team more than once too. yeah like team team mm -hmm. you know he knows he has some help and and he thanked them during the show and everything you will hear it but i'm down for that too you know it's it's yeah. true what what you're saying that shows of a, a certain pride as well and and also a mm -hmm. certain like um in a way responsibility i experiences something in in, in my work life when people talk about values and many companies talk about values and you couldn't give a, you know, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but if you, if you deal with some, somebody and where you connect on the values, it's always, it's always, I love working with people who, who have values and they don't need to, to overlap with my values necessarily, but because in value, there's also purpose and mm. this both comes together. So it, it seems that he is, he has a, his mind very strong on, on these things and, the better that he's also acknowledging his team so it, it sounds like like a so if you're a young kid you know and and you wanna you need some work it's he seems like a good person to work with totally you will learn you will learn yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. no i feel like i've just like went off <laughs> diego like what else what else are your impressions No, no, no. It's it's very important. These are the impressions. So so basically, we have to talk about the interview. You know, if I mention something else, it would be that once you're down in that valley, the heat. It mm. wasn't like the hottest day, but you can tell the humidity at noon. Okay. You know, and mm. it's like you're. If picture this, wh whoever is listening, if you're in the middle, you're surrounded by mountains in this valley. So yeah. it's not a valley where you have like. It's 360 mountains. To enter, you need to... Once you have down, to go up a hill and down If again. you fill it with water, it's a lake. Yeah. So it's surrounded by mountains. So down there, it must be very, very... I point this out because imagine when you're harvesting at noon on that 
at 40 degrees, mm. humid weather, so it's hard work. I guess that's also why he points out very much the teamwork, teamwork, uh, all this very organized, I don't want to say company, but yes, this organized okay. style that he has to, to lead to get, the, to, get to, the, to the objective. Yeah, and he also, um, to sum it up in one sentence, he's really fucking smart, which isn't to say that not everybody, I mean, everybody we talk to is brilliant, right? So, you know, he talks about systemic ideas like sustainability. God, I keep saying that stupid word, but <laughs> like mm -hmm. his relationship with things is that he's thinking long term and big picture. Absolutely. And then you just reminded me when we were talking about the temperature, when he was talking about the process of producing, he went on in like such detail, scientific detail about every stage in the production process and how fascinated he is by like the different behaviors of fermentation when they're because the season the temperatures during the seasons vary so much and like totally yeah 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 he went technical on 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 stuff that unless you hear it from a producer you don't know mm. even if you know a lot about mezcal and agave distills and no 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 you need so the temperature for fermentation yeah i know you you have done bread cool no the guy was talking numbers you know like precise <laughs> numbers And, and saying like this and, and, the, and how the profile changes because of this, you know? So, yeah, he's, he's taking into consideration like... Total scientist. Total yeah, exactly, scientist. a scientist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, any uh, final words that the, our listeners should know before they uh, listen to the scientist himself? One thing I would like to add is now the following couple of chapters are going to be in Mascota. Mascota is also a beautiful town. So mm -hmm. if anybody's interested in getting to know, it's not the only place that produces Raisilla, but if you're interested in getting to know the world of Raisilla, it's a, it's like the capital to do it. So And it's a very beautiful town. We were there for a couple of days and uh, we walked down, we went mm -hmm. out and everything, like we went to, to have dinner and to a couple of bars. And it's a very nice town also to hang out. That's something I would point out. Very well. Let's meet the scientist himself. Exactly. and yeah. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy. Uh, we have a new guest today, Benito Salcedo. Hola, Benito, ¿cómo estás? Hola, muy buenas tardes. Muy bien, muchas gracias. Qué gusto que nos acompañen por acá. ¿Cómo han estado ustedes? Uh, muy bien nosotros y muchas gracias por recibirnos aquí, en, aquí en, el, en el taller, en la taberna. Muy contentos, todo muy bien. Te vamos a, las, las preguntas las hace Kate en inglés. Yo las traduzco a español y luego la respuesta la traduzco a inglés. ¿Te parece bien? De acuerdo. Cool. So I cannot describe how incredibly beautiful the place is where we are right now. I wish you could be here too, but some of you cannot. And so that's why we're doing these interviews. We are in a valley surrounded by arid but green mountains on all sides next to the most beautiful little village uh, surrounded by fields of all kinds, including a lot of agave. And an agave nursery, and we're sitting here right next to Benito's distillery. That is my understanding and my description of where we are for you. But that is my first question for you. So, Benito, where are we? Eh, ¿Dónde estamos, Benito? Cuéntanos un poquito. Estamos ubicados en San José del Mosco, municipio de Mascota, Jalisco, aproximadamente a unos a unos 14 kilómetros de de Mascota. Ok, más o menos a qué altura está acá el Mosco, ¿tú sabes eso? Sí, estamos a mil ocho metros sobre el nivel del mar. Ok, ok, so we are uh, at 
around, she was very precise, so 1,008 feet, uh, eight uh, meters above sea level. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're in San, San Jose, oh sorry. San Jose del Mosco. San Jose del Mosco, 14 kilometers away from Mascota. And how did you end up here? Eh, ¿Cómo empezaste tú con, con todo el tema del, del mundo del agave, pues, de la destilada y tal? De hecho, empecé porque mi padre realizaba la actividad eh, aproximadamente del 2005. Eh, le estuve ayudando en ese proceso a él y él dejó de hacer la actividad en 2010 porque tuvo que salir y después eh, decidí continuarlo yo. Me gustó mucho la actividad. Eh, creo que es una actividad muy, muy noble de amigos, de familia. Y pues tengo fe en que esto va a ser un éxito, por eso andamos a esta actividad. Uh, so in 2005, uh, his father used to do this that he's doing, but then he stopped because he had to go out. And in 2010, he returned to, to distilling. And since he has been, uh, he's very happy to be doing this. And he trusts that uh, his work will pay off, uh, is paying off, not, not only will pay off, but is already paying off. That's a noble profession. Yeah. It's nice. And it is. Es una profesión muy noble, dice Kate. And so was, was your father the first in your family to do this? Eh, ¿Fue tu papá el primero que empezó con esto o tu abuelo también? O, o, ¿Dónde empezó el, lo, de, lo, de la destila, lo, lo de la destilada? Sí. Así es, mi padre fue el que comenzó esta actividad. Fue aproximadamente como... En el 2005 que él empezó con la destilación, pero él empezó a cultivar como del, del 98 más o menos. So, the, uh, his father, before he, he started distilling in 2005, and he was the first, so mm -hmm. to answer the question, yes, he was the first in the family. Uh, but since, to, since, since the 90s, he was planting already uh, agaves, to maybe with an idea of already thinking of distilling himself. Yeah, okay, cool. And this land, does it belong to you? Or who does it belong to? Esta tierra, aquí donde estamos, ¿es de ustedes o a quién le pertenece? Así es, es terreno aquí de Miguel Salcedo de Anda, de mi padre. Aquí me ha estado dando permiso de realizar esta actividad. This land belongs to Miguel Salcedo de Anda, uh, Benito's father. And uh, he's allowed to, to use the land for whatever he's doing here, which is uh, the beautiful nursery, which we, yeah. guys, we have pictures, and please go in the site and check the pictures, because it's really an incredible place. Uh, and uh, he's allowed to use the land. Yes. And tell us a little bit more about the nursery. Was this something that you started, um, and why? Eh, la, la, la parte de acá, de la, del, del vivero, eh, ¿Tú empezaste con el vivero o tu papá ya también empezó con el vivero? ¿O cómo fue? Porque sí está muy pro. De hecho, parte de lo que cosechaba mi padre era más maguey silvestre. Y yo hice... Bueno, ya había otras personas que habían hecho esta actividad de la propagación de las plantas. Pero en el caso de nuestra pequeña empresa, pues yo fue el que hice esa innovación de empezar a reproducir los agaves mediante diferentes técnicas. Sí. 
Okay, so he was the first. His father used to do wild agave, mm -hmm. but uh, the, it would be important to point out. Uh, tú eres ingeniero agrónomo, ¿verdad, Benito? Sí, soy ingeniero agrónomo. Oh, so, so he's he's an he's an agronomist first of all. So, really, when you see the pictures, you're going to see how ordered this is. This is really like you're in a in a what can you say? In, in, in a really professional place, you can see like the ages of each agave and stuff. And, and Benito is, is uh, an agronomist. So he was the one who started with, with all this because he was very curious about it. Thanks. So, um, yeah, and well, building on that. So this place is different than some of the other places we have been on this trip because there is the nursery here and we are right next to the fields where the plants will be planted and then we are sitting in the distillery where the plants will be cooked and distilled and then we're drinking some right now. So of all those parts, what is your favorite? Eh, de, de la parte de, de, de plantar, de la, planta, de la parte del, del vivero, de la parte de destilar, de la parte de fermentar, ¿qué es lo que a ti más te gusta? Puedes decir todo, la respuesta es tuya. Así es, pues realmente... Me parece muy bonito todo, desde lo que es la parte de la plantación, de la riqueza en diversidad que tenemos de los diferentes tipos de, de agaves, eh, la diferente calidad que tenemos de agave en diferentes terrenos, o sea, nos, nos gusta mucho, me gusta mucho cómo, como, o bueno, me gusta mucho apreciar el desarrollo de estas plantas en diferentes terrenos. Me gusta mucho toda la diversidad. Y pues también nos gusta, pues mucho, cada proceso es tan interesante cómo puede variar el, el sabor de este producto desde el diferente posicionamiento de una planta sobre el nivel del mar, sobre el diferente tierra. Eh, es muy interesante también lo que es pues, el cocimiento, cómo se comportan pues, los fructanos de los agaves en diferentes temperaturas o con diferente cocción de diferentes materias primas de leña que usamos para cocinarla. Eh, es muy interesante todo, también la fermentación, cómo tenemos diferentes tonalidades eh, de raicillas eh, utilizando diferentes temperaturas en la fermentación. Cada estación del año como hace una varianza en los tonos de la de los sabores de la raicilla este es bastante interesante todo la verdad ok that was a, me tengo que acordar de todo es, esta respuesta fue larga uh, so first of all the 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 in the part of of the the fields he really enjoys noticing Uh, how the plants can be stronger depending on the soil, how the plants, each different variety of agave works in a completely different way. And, uh, and he's really interested in seeing all this stuff, uh, how complicated the, 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 the world of the fields is. Afterwards, uh, he started mentioning the part of uh, the fermentation, how each season of the year, the the fermented product behaves in a completely different way the, the it's a different color it's a different uh rhythm 
everything changes depending on the on the weather and that for him is also something that uh, is really something that she really likes uh, and finally the part of uh, the the distillation which he also enjoys a lot and so that's a lot of work um, and I'm just wondering how many people you have helping you eh, ¿cuántas personas porque es un chambonón ¿no? ¿cuántas personas están normalmente apoyando o te avientas el jale tú solo? no, de hecho tengo a 10 personas que me están apoyando en este proyecto todo el año <coughs> Que por cierto, estoy muy agradecido con cada una de ellas porque sin ellos no sería posible realizar todo, todo este proyecto, todo este trabajo. Este proyecto tiene pues muchas áreas, mucho trabajo, desde lo que es la germinación de la semilla, la propagación de las plantas, el mantenimiento en vivero, el, la planta, el establecimiento de las plantas en campo, eh, su mantenimiento, eh, control de, de plagas, control de enfermedades lo que es la cosecha, lo que es todo el proceso de la destiladora, el envasado. Necesito de, de 10 personas todo el año y en tiempo de lluvia somos como unos 15 aproximadamente, que es cuando hay más trabajo. Ok, so, along, so basically the, the staff is 10 people, Con, continuous, the whole year, 10 people, he needs 10 people because the, the, the part of the... the, the Little agaves takes a lot of time. The part of the harvest takes a lot of time. The part of the distillation takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of people. Uh, for sure, 10 at least. And he wants, he also said he wanted to take the chance to thank each and every one of those people because without them, uh, this project would not be possible. And during the rainy season, which is when there is more work, it's 15 people. Mm. So it, it, he increases the personnel. And so this is, that's really lovely. Thank you. And so of all of that, all of what you inherited from your dad and all this new work that you've done, all the people that you manage and who help you, what things, what is it that you're most proud of? Eh, de todo este trabajo eh, que, 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 que te toca hacer y que la gente con la que trabajas y demás, ¿qué es lo que más orgulloso te hace sentir de, de esta chamba que tienes? Pues lo que más orgulloso me hace sentir es que esta empresa y con todo el equipo que somos, pues genera, genera actividad en ese entorno, ¿verdad? Que hay la posibilidad de, de generar empleos, que las personas que estén aquí con esta, con esta empresa, pues estén... Eh, tengan un buen sueldo, tengan su seguridad para llevar sus hogares, pero parte de lo que más me siente o más me ha hecho orgulloso, pues es el campo, ¿verdad? Porque a veces hasta cuando uno está estresado, sales al campo, miras la naturaleza y es como que empiezas a vibrar, ¿verdad? Empiezas a dejar esa energía negativa, te sientes bien el, el ver todo el campo el ver la diversidad de las plantas te hace sentir muy bien uh, so he first mentioned he is very proud of this company uh, growing and being able to to create job and job opportunities for people that's for him something that he is very proud of because the company is growing steady 
And second, he says he's also very proud of being someone who works in the fields and uh, is in contact, constant contact, contact with nature because uh, he feels all the stress or all the, the, the bad energy that he could feel when he's uh, elsewhere. Once he starts walking the fields, for him it's like everything stays there and he just becomes a happier human being, which I absolutely believe. Yes. <laughs> y pues sobre todo muy agradecido con Esteban Garibi, que es parte, que es la venenosa, que es el, el principal el principal promotor, pues creo que de, de este de este líquido que hace la parte, pues ahora sí que más complicada, verdad, Dar, darlo a conocer, eh, compartir todas sus virtudes con la gente, eh, posicionarlo en un buen mercado y que todo esto sea posible, porque de otra forma no no sería tan fácil. He also wanted to to thank Esteban for the work he does. Esteban is his biggest client. And, uh, and he thinks what Esteban does is as complicated as what he does. And, uh, and he wanted to send a high five to, to Esteban and La Venenosa in general, because Esteban also is, is, is the face of a big team and he knows that. Cheers to Esteban. Yeah, cheers. Salud. <laughs> Salud. Compadre. Salud. Salud. <laughs> Cool. So, um, yeah, almost last question, I think. Yeah. About, yeah, as we said, of course, we're very lucky to be here in this place with you. Our listeners haven't visited yet. And for them and for other people who are not from this place, but love or are curious about what you make, do you have a message for them? Eh, hay mucha gente que, que sabe quién eres tú, Benito Salcedo, porque ha leído tu nombre en una botella. Eh, porque pues, tus botellas, la neta, andan por todos lados. Nosotros vivimos en Alemania y... No, y estás en toda Europa. Entonces, es la realidad. Eh, ¿Tienes algún mensaje para los que son fans? ¿Son tus fans o por lo menos son fans del jugo que haces, pues? Entonces, ¿tienes algún mensaje que mandarles a esas personas que, que han leído tu nombre y que dicen, no, pues este güey es chido, hace un, hace un super mezcal? una super raicilla, pues, un gran destilado, eh, les, les podrías mandar un... ¿Tienes algunas palabras para ellos? Claro que sí. Pues principalmente que gracias por su preferencia, que con cada botella que adquieren, pues, mejoran la situación aquí, mejoran la economía, hacen que esto sea posible. Y a todos, a todos los que nos ayudan con esto, pues que aquí tienen su casa, que nos visiten. Uh, so, uh, first of all, he, he, he's very thankful for everyone who is buying uh, the product, but uh, he wants to, to really like mention that uh, each bottle is making this project possible, so that's what's very important. And second, don't be shy and come over. He says, come on, <laughs> if you guys are here, why why doesn't anyone who wants to come is invited? Okay, so listeners, pay attention to that. Yes. Like I said, we're very, very lucky to be here. And if you have the opportunity to come, I can only tell you it'll be worth it. And so the last question is, do you have any questions for us? Uh, y la última pregunta. Eh, ¿Tienes tú alguna pregunta para nosotros o ya no? 
pues, ¿cuándo nos visitan? Exacto. ¿Cuándo están los otros guests coming, you know? Este, Esteban es el que puede responder. Esteban puede contestar eso, we cannot. Uh, eh, muchísimas gracias eh, por el tiempo, por invitarnos aquí a, a la taberna, eh, por el chupe que nos ofrecieron también. Muchas gracias este, por tenernos aquí. Eh. Gracias a ustedes y recuerden que aquí tienen su casa cuando gustan. Thank you guys and, and, and this is our home too. So, thank you, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. Chao, chicos. Uh, till the next one. <laughs>